What's good, everyone? Welcome to the Filipinos of Montreal podcast. This is Terry. Uh, this is Eric. This is Shari. And today joining us, we have Phil Penalosa. How's it going, bud? Good. How are you? Thanks good, good. Hey, anytime. We, we can't wait to hear about your story. But before going back, I have a question for everybody. What was your favorite home-cooked meal as a kid? Think about that. <laughs> Yo, I, for me, I think it was my mom's shopao. Favorite. I don't think anybody can replicate it. I'll share it with you guys at some point, but that's me. <laughs> Ooh, that's tough. I want to say correct, correct, because my mom doesn't make it often. Oh, okay. Specialty. All right. <laughs> specialty, yeah. <laughs> mine's, mine's, mine's not actually Filipino. My mom used to make a mean um, roast beef, roast beef with mushroom sauce, but I'd eat mm. it with rice. Yo, yeah. you can't go wrong with that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Phil? Uh, yeah, you know. There's, there's probably a lot because my mom, <laughs> my mom is always cooking. But uh, honestly, like corned beef <laughs> with no. like tomato sauce Staple. and the, the cut up potatoes and onions. Like I think coming home from school and that was like my little merienda before having like <laughs> supper. I think that was like the best, the best coming oh home God. from school snack, you know? Speaking of corned beef, like, <laughs> did you guys eat corned beef dry or what's about? I'm curious. Some people eat what's about, so I'm like. You mean like soy sauce? No, just like they keep a I little like bit both. of liquid on it. So oh, yeah. it's a bit watery. I, keep, I like mine a bit drier, so I'm just curious about that. <laughs> I, was, I was straight down the middle a little bit. I, I liked a little bit. <laughs> medium. Medium. Yeah, yeah. yeah medium. medium my, my, que my question for corned beef actually is, uh, th does anybody put garlic in theirs? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> Because I've, I've been told off about that. Not told off. You know, like, <laughs> like onions, that's it. Onions, potatoes, tomatoes, that's it. Oh, if you, if you get them, like, nice and crispy, it's nice to have a little crunch. <laughs> yeah, 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 true, true. Crunchy, you can't go wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, Phil, uh, we, we're here because we want to hear about your experiences growing up in Montreal. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Were you always, were you Montreal through and through? Yeah, so, born Royal Vic. Um, we grew up mostly in Brossard, though, so okay. uh, went from the mountain straight to the shore. Um, but yeah, grew up there my whole life. Still living there now. <laughs> it's a great place. So, so um, yeah, grew up here. Um, my parents. Do you want to know about my parents or like? Actually, yeah, sure. Like, how did Filipino yeah, so, culture kind of manifest yeah. for you growing up? Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, my parents are. You know, my mom's Cebuano, so she's from Bukidnon, and my dad's uh, from Laguna Lashana. Okay. Uh, so like uh, we had like <laughs> you know mostly Tagalog upbringing my grandmother lived with us my I didn't go to daycare so my grandmother pretty much raised me until I was five and went off so um, it was a lot of Taglish growing up <laughs> um, so uh, yeah I don't know I don't know where else to go there, <laughs> but, uh, yeah but do you feel like there's part of uh, Filipino culture that kind of shaped you as who you are today oh yeah um you know, like I think growing up, um, you know, there's so many aspects of Filipino culture that, that you know, from the food, I don't want to just say food because food's not our only defining thing, but even, even just the, the respect, um, there's, there's there, this respect for our elders. Um, mm -hmm. There's also just some things that like Filipinos will just get, you know, like, oh, my parents does this and like, you know, your other friends who aren't Filipino be like, I don't know, I don't understand. <laughs> I totally get that. Like my parents do that too. You know, so I think being Filipino shaped who I am. I think growing up, 
because I grew up in Brassard, because I went to like uh, another school, like I was like the only Filipino, you know? Okay. So there's, there's definitely aspects where you're like, oh, like you're trying to fit in, but like you have, like I remember my, my, my kindergarten birthday party, like, and I already went to my other friend's birthday parties with like pizza and all this kind of stuff. And like, oh, there's all these like white kids at my house. And <laughs> like, what are we going to eat for lunch? Like, yo, what's the snack? And like, my, my, <laughs> my, my, my grandmother made like lechon. <laughs> like rice. And there was like spam in the rice. And like, what is this stuff? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> um, you know, so it was like, you, you see the contrast. You're like, oh man, like everyone else has pizzas. And like, we're serving, well, Filipino barbecue. I don't know who doesn't like Filipino barbecue. Right. But yeah, you know, so like there, there's, there's little moments like that. Um, but I think where it really hit me was like 2006, uh, okay. I went to the Philippines. And wow. like, I went when I was a kid and it was more like, you know, you don't really, like I was like eight. So um, I didn't really remember much. And it was also, we went there because my, my grandmother passed away. So uh, yeah. we, we, she wanted to be buried in the Philippines. So she went, we went there and, and you know, we put her to rest. So it was a different experience. But like when I went in 2006 and I experienced the culture, there was more of this like pride, I guess, okay. that, 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 that came over me. Um, and I actually like came back and then I, I think I was telling you guys before that like I went to, I started university and I went for like a couple of weeks and I like just dropped out and I went back to the Philippines. Okay. Oh, so, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, yeah. And I ended up going like twice that year. So it was kind of, okay. it was wow. kind of you know, just going back and forth. Um, so yeah, I think being Filipino has definitely shaped who I am, uh, shaped my, my attitude, my work ethic. Um, I think especially what I've learned from my parents, the welcoming aspect of, I think, you know. I love hearing that. I think, yeah, like I've never, and I'm sure there are some because like we can't generalize, but like I've never gone to a Filipino person's house and not been like welcomed properly, like with food or like, you know what I mean? Like yes. I've never had, I don't think I've ever had a bad experience. Like of all the Filipinos I've ever known growing up, like I've never gone to someone's house and then like had a terrible experience. Like it was always like super welcoming. Um, and there was always food. So uh, yeah, it's just, um, it, it definitely has shaped who I am and, 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 and especially now as, as a father, like what I'm teaching my son, like he, he's half. So okay. like, you know, but he's, we're, we're, you know, luckily I have a wife that's like, she bought all these like Tagalog books um, <laughs> for like kids and she's like trying to teach them words and she's learning. And, like, oh, wow. Know, that's amazing. Nice. Yeah. 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 So it's nice to see that. She won't watch the movies. Like I try to get her to like watch like, like some Agamulak stuff. And she's like, Agamulak. Oh my God. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. Like we were dating. And I like, uh, I was like, oh, you guys, you guys ever see like uh, a Filipino movie? And like, they're like, obviously no. And I'm like, oh, I'll bring one. And I made her whole family watch um, All My Life with like Agamulak and Christine oh Hermosa. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Low key, that was my Filipina celebrity crush, Christine Hermosa, when I was oh, growing yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, well, I was always like Regine Velasquez as a kid anyways. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, and I just remember them being like, "What are we watching?" <laughs> 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 like it's such a bad movie, but I understand it, and it yeah. makes sense to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, um, 
yeah so it's it's great to have like a a supportive wife who who like who encourages our son to to learn about who he is um you know like she she's more strict on like manopot than i am you know like i was gonna ask you um as a as a father now what do you think is important to share about filipino culture not just the food <laughs> um you know i think it comes back down to like the welcoming spirit i think okay. there is uh uh there, there there definitely is like a welcoming spirit to being filipino and uh i don't know if, if i can impact that him that that he treats everyone with like that type of respect and and that welcoming spirit like anyone who comes into his life that he treats them that that initial like like I don't I don't even know you but I'm going to treat you in a way that that I that that you you know feel safe and and welcomed uh I think that would be number one no I love that it's uh when people ask me uh what it means to be Filipino I let them know it's a vibe it's that warmth it's that comfort but at the other coin, it's like, we also love to hustle and we work hard. I know I've shared this before, but I feel like it's always being repeated. And I'm happy more of us, well, we all kind of see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, going back a little bit, you went to the Philippines a couple of times. When yeah. you went for the first time, I think uh, in 2006, or is that your second time? Was there something you took away from that when you came back to Canada? You realized, wow, there's like so many differences or cultural differences that kind of impacted you. It wasn't more the cultural differences. It was more the, this feels right. Oh, I love that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, oh, like, wow, they do this differently here. And like, I'm going to bring that and adopt that. I'm like, that feels right to me. Okay. And I feel comfortable in this. I feel safer in this. Okay. And this thinking like, and you know, like, as, as fit, like, you know, we, we went to like Makati and all the, but like my favorite by hands down is like, I just want to be in like, my dad lives in the mountains in Loshana in, a, in okay. a small town that like for me is like, if I can, I can spend, I can probably spend on the rest of my life there, you know, like simple, you know, <laughs> simple life. Mm. Um, you know, so um, I think there's more, it's, it's less about the differences. It's more about like those aspects of Filipino culture and Filipino life feel right to me. Okay. And I need to remind myself of that and, and, and carry that on in my North American life. So it kind of like inspired you in a way. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's, fun, it's funny, I went back last January, first time in 20 years, and it was oh, wow. probably one of the main reasons uh, me and Shari started to do this project. Before I was like, okay, I'm, I'm Filipino, but I never really did anything for the community. But when I saw that, when I saw that sense of family, just like my entire family, I'm like, no, I don't really know Filipinos, especially like what the culture is like in Montreal. And I figured, let's, let's try and expose that and see what we're about, you know? Yeah. And, and like Filipinos come together, man. Like when, when there's a need, like I remember uh, when Typhoon um, Haiyan happened, right? Yeah. Uh, so one of my crazy, okay, this is a crazy story. So <laughs> my aunt, um, my aunt and my cousin, but my cousin is much older. She's like closer to my parents' age. Um, they live in Tacloban and yeah. they have a two-story house. And when the water started rising in Tacloban during Haiyan, um, it rose all the way till they had to go to the second floor of their house. Wow. Wow. And then the roof blew off and they're hiding underneath a mattress. Oh and God. how they were saved was this massive <clears throat> boat came crashing in, inland, and stopped where their walls had been broken, literally two meters apart. 
from where oh their house is and like stop it like crushed other houses and luckily like no one was in there but it, it crushed their, their neighbor's house and like stopped right there and they were able to jump from their house as the water was rising into the boat wow oh my gosh yeah. and i actually wow. had a picture of the house because the boat ended up staying by their house for um for for like almost like two years like they, oh they years? Didn't get rid of it for almost oh two years like, so yeah I, I i guess after i i don't know if you can edit it in um and like so um that happened and like you know obviously i was worried about my family um but like i just like put out this thing on facebook like let's do something and literally um i don't know if you guys know uh jennifer flores yeah jay yeah jennifer yeah. flores Vrida bermejo um je jalea yeah all these people just came out and we like created this event and um, my business partners actually came and they helped out. And like, we were able to get these people from the business world in Montreal. And like the, and we created this cocktail and we were able to raise like enough money to build eight houses. That's amazing. Wow. That's yeah. freaking amazing, honestly. Yeah. So like, um, we were able to like rally some of our clients and our companies to like donate these money to, the, to this event. And we created like also a, a concert. Um, um, and I actually had the opportunity of going literally one month after the disaster and hitting going to the to Takloban wow um and seeing um them start building some of the new houses uh and i don't know that that that's even that's a whole other conversation but like that experience in itself um you know what when you when you talk about the biggest takeaway it was i was surrounded by no electricity um there were still bodies uh we uh, we were hit with story after story of like, just like, I met one person that lost all seven other kids. Oh my you know God. I mean? So like, and it's not to like, sh I don't want like, I don't want to get into it because it's not about like the shock value of it. But like the biggest takeaway of that is I was sitting there once at night and like, you can't see anything because there's no electricity. And we were there and we're like, and I just heard people singing and I was like, what the hell? Like, you know, like people are singing in this like disaster like life goes on people were you know just i don't know i don't know i i couldn't i couldn't understand that you know there's there's obviously pain and there's like i don't know i don't know i didn't know how to put it in words but the way that they reacted to the circumstance was just like super inspiring was that was that one of your moments where you as you explained before, when you had visited the Philippines before, um, you know, it just feels right. Like, was that one of those moments for you as well? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, and I remember it like so clearly, cause like we found the only hotel with partial electricity and I was sitting on the balcony and like, you can't see anything cause it's pitch dark. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause there's no electricity. And I, I just heard people singing here and like laughing there. And I was like, this is, you know, this whole town is destroyed. Yeah. You know? And, and I hear people singing. Um, and I hear people life goes on. And, you know, there they was find a one, source of happiness. Yeah. There was this one guy that I met who lost his son. Wow. And this was not just uh, because not just you know, he had a fire. It was it was another story. Um, and um, he was actually one of the guys helping us build some of the houses and uh he was trying to encourage me in life <laughs> as we were working like wow 
I'm not you know, surprised. Like, you know what I mean? Like we were uh, like uh, we were like making cement to to do blocks, and like he was just like you know, like he was talking to me in Tagalog, and my, my Tagalog is terrible. Like I can understand it, but like, speak. I don't know if you guys. Like, I'm the same. I'm the same. I understand. Same. I can. I can. I. But you know, when I try to speak it, it's like, oh, yeah, you sound terrible. Um, <laughs> but in like my broken Tagalog, because you didn't speak any English. Um, his name was Ephraim. I, I like it's so clear in my mind. Like he was just like encouraging me to like look at the good in life and to and i'm like this dude's house is destroyed and you lost your son not long ago like what <laughs> mm. and and it it wasn't just like there's was not just that one story there's so many stories because like we we went there with like that mindset of like you know helping and mm -hmm. um you know you meet all these people and and it was just like story after story after story of like people that in in like in terrible conditions are, are finding positive. Yeah. And you know, it just, I don't know, it, it kind of switches your, your, your mindset and, and switches your priorities and what you think. Totally. But I completely agree with that. Um, like 20 years ago, my first visit to the Philippines, when I come back from that, what you just said is what I remembered. I remember why is everybody so happy, but they have very little. And that, that changed my mindset as a teenager. And, and it made me kind of really take things less for granted. And it, up until 20 years later, when I had a chance to really come back, it's, you know, what drives you guys? What makes, makes you all so happy? Again, I don't speak Tagalog well. And I was trying to work on a project where I'd inter like kind of interview locals, but my Tagalog wouldn't take me anywhere. So I ended up just taking pictures. But I, I need to develop and work on my language to just like figure it out. Because I love, I love that. It's very, very inspiring. Let's go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring but, some cameras and let's go definitely yo uh <laughs> speaking on the, the topic of happiness like what is that to you what does that mean to you happiness honestly happiness for me is the people i love being happy beautifully said you know yeah. what i mean like i'll be happy when everyone around me is happy and the people that i care about are happy like why do you know why do i work like i think you know if we talk about work like yeah work is fulfilling but especially now since having a kid like uh, whatever work is work but like I want to see him happy you know like that <laughs> <laughs> that's work whatever you know <laughs> um but yeah I think and I, I think that's that's why I like food so much and that's why I like cooking so that's why I really got into cooking because it was like man like I can I can like literally create something and see people's happiness right yeah like I can sit I can have a dinner party and invite people that I, you know, invite people around the table um, and, and just like sit back and create a moment and see people just enjoy, talk, like maybe they had a, a crappy day and like they can, you know, just have fun or talk about their crappy day or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, I get to create moments where, you know, people are being human and, and connecting. And, and I think, I don't, I don't know, I think that's, 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 that's true happiness. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for sharing that. Speaking about food, I just found out first of all, my wife follows you on Instagram, which is pretty cool. <laughs> how, <laughs> how did you, uh, how did you, how did you just discover that passion? It was around 2016. So 2016 food was something that, you know, I was thinking about and, and there's this guy named Michael Pollan. Um, he had this uh, documentary on, on Netflix called um, Cooked. And then just walk through the basics of, of 
of why we eat and, and the significance of food. Um, and that led me to like read more. Like I, I read, um, if, I, if people are interested, um, his book, The Omnivore Dilemma, uh, is, is, a, is a great book. There's a, um, another book called um, From Blue Hills Farm in New York City, but it's called Third Plate, Dan yeah. Something. I'm having like a mind, mind blank. <laughs> no worries. Um, uh, but yeah, so like there, there's like certain books that just kind of just showed me uh, that food wasn't just for sustenance and, and food has never been for sustenance for me. Like food, especially being Filipino, like, you know, growing up, how many potlucks did we have? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's always the, the potlucks, like everything, all our gatherings was, was always around food. Yeah. So, so food is important. And, and it just made me say like, you know, first of all, what am I putting in my body? You mm-hmm. know, like, um, but then it, it's more about like the, the using your hands to create something that, that feeds you. And, mm-hmm. and that sounds so simple, but like the, the, the act of like, I made this, I know what it is. I know what's going into me and I'm going to enjoy it. Right. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's so simple. But, um, you know, and I think there's also an act of, of like when we do cook and especially if we're, whether we're cooking for ourselves for our own satisfaction and our own sustenance or whether we're cooking for our families or for our loved ones, it's, it's there, there's, there's an act of like, I'm creating something to give like sustenance and pleasure, right? Yeah. So um, there's that. And then I think one of the, like the domino effects of creating something is like, you don't like, you know, like when you when you have like a busy day of work and you just like do like one of those microwavable meals, like I'll just like sit in front of the TV with my wife and we'll just like, you know, it's just like a meal. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like when we cook something, it's like, nah, like we're going to sit down, we put our phones to the side and we're going to enjoy what we eat. Cause I took time to make it. And um, yeah. And it, and it just creates this moment of like discussion uh, of family, of unity of, you know, you know, a safe zone. And, and like we were talking about it before, like it's, for me, the table is like one of the most sacred places because there's nowhere else where you have people that will just be forced to gather in one spot and to stay there for a significant amount of time. Uh, and what comes out of that is conversation, uh, like fellowship, um, discussion, right? So there's, there's something so sacred about the table where it, it's not just... Um, you know, it's not just like we eat and we go. It's like, that's where a lot of family just got like looking back at my own family, like where were some of the funniest uh, discussions or, you know, like the, some of, some of the most memorable moments with my family yeah. is usually around the table. Yeah. You know, of course. No, thanks. That's, that's awesome. Um, I feel like you've always had this uh, creator side inside of you. And I heard you used to act back in the day. You used to, you're a videographer. Oof. And also you have your own company called Let There Be. Can you talk about all this just a little bit? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think they all kind of lead to, to me owning the company. Um, so uh, when I was uh, a little kid, uh, I started singing. Uh, my mom had me singing in church like from age five. Uh, and I was part of this, uh, the South Shore Children's Choir. <laughs> so um, I would like do solos and whatever and we do like musicals and stuff and um, this one time uh, we were doing a show and this person was like hey you gotta like audition for this tv show uh, which was called like Decibel which was like this like talent star search type Quebec thing with with Natalie Simard and I ended up going on it and like going to like the best of 
um, uh, it was like a competition type thing. And then um, from there, the, uh, <laughs> this is such a weird, there was this French boy band called En Motion. I think I know about that band. Oh my yeah, God. So, <laughs> they, because um, I, was, I was like 11 or 12. Uh, and they were like this boy band and um, they were, they needed another member. Oh no. So their, their agent <laughs> came up to me and was like, hey, I have this boy band. Think about joining our boy band. And like, they even came to my house, the whole boy band. And they're like, we, we were practicing harmonies and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and then my mom was like, you know, they're like 15, 16, and you're like a 11, 12 year old boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and I didn't look, I didn't look old. Like, I looked, <laughs> let's be honest. So my mom decided, you know, like, maybe, like, think about this. Maybe you're too young for this. And, and I was actually in total agreement with her. Um, but their agent actually ended up working for Synar Studios, which does Arthur. Uh, and she's like, why don't you go uh, audition for the part of the brain? So I went in for the audition and I didn't get it. Uh, but he's like, oh, I see that you, I see from your resume that you, you sing. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, okay, so sing for me. So I sang a song. Uh, and then literally like a week later, he called me in and he's like, hey, um, uh, the guy who plays Arthur can't really sing. Like, would you <laughs> consider like doing a singing voice? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I ended up doing Arthur singing voice for a little while. The first one was like, I, I, have you guys ever seen the Christmas special? Yes. Sorry. I don't, I, follow, <laughs> I really like Arthur. And first of all, guys, just let that sink in. We're talking to freaking Arthur. I know. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> so if you ever watch Arthur's Perfect Christmas, uh, which is like the Arthur Christmas mm -hmm. special that they show every year, um, that is me. His, anytime he sings throughout that whole uh throughout that whole uh, episode uh, whole episode special. yeah the special because it's an hour it's not an episode. that's that's you do so the library wow. card also no that's not me unfortunately mm. <laughs> uh, but that yeah it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah and through that like i ended up working on uh on caillou um and then a couple of other smaller cartoon like some cartoons that like we made the pilot and never okay. <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, and then i transferred into kind of more acting uh, throughout high school, I was doing a lot of auditions and, and like a lot of white TV shows. Like I was on Never Earning Story. Um, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, what other other stuff? Uh, there was another show called Mental Block. I was a bully for some reason, casted as a bully. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I kind of want to see that were, episode, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's okay, you weren't, you weren't typecasted. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have... <laughs> I, I didn't have... Um, I didn't have like a, an actual name on the script. It was just that hip hop kid. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Are you serious? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, I, I ended up doing a lot of different acting. Um, actually, if you watch like the first, you guys ever see Get Smart? Yeah. Of watch like the first minute and a half and you'll see me like really huge at one point. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? <laughs> Coming what? down the staircase when he enters into, into the secret lab. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. um, so, you know, there was like uh, that part of my life, uh, like it was a whole, it's a, it's a whole other story. It was like auditions. Like I'm also in high school. So like balancing school and yeah. like running to the studio and running to sets and, <clears throat> and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, if you even want to talk about like going to auditions um, as a color person, <laughs> oh <my laughs> as God. a person, 
there's, there's, you know, I think if I'm going to be like honest, one of the biggest factors that probably affected my willingness to continue acting was every time I entered a, a, an audition room, everyone didn't look like me. Okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, yeah I think uh, that that's like a whole other, whole other conversation, but like, it's, um, it's like, it's a tough business. Um, uh acting as a yeah. whole that industry for sure but, but even Especially like the 90s yeah like, no <laughs> late 90s and early 2000s right so like I, I i don't mean to interject but i'm just curious to know how do you process failure because like i think for me growing up it was always tough to figure out the growth mindset it took time to kick in how was that for you i feel like that kicked in a bit earlier because you you've been experienced like at a such at a much earlier age yeah you know yeah you're reject like you know you're rejected 90% of the time, right? Yeah. So these, yeah. you're going to audition up for an audition and uh, it's constant rejection, right? So, mm -hmm. and like, there's always like, like, you get a second call and you're super excited and then there's nothing. <laughs> um, so there's definitely, that was um, like the, the you know, that, that was definitely a life learning um, thing, but it wasn't until I was even older, like more when I was like 17, 18, where I think the biggest thing that stuck with me was that a no isn't that bad. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like no's aren't as terrible as they seem. And, and when that kind of sunk in, I think my, my confidence completely changed. Like, you know, anyone as a teenager is self-conscious. Yeah. Um, and, and, and luckily for me, and I think it has a lot to do with like my upbringing and that background in acting is that I learned pretty quickly that no's aren't that bad. That's great. I'm happy you shared that. And, I gotta okay. say though, your, your ten percent <laughs> is pretty iconic, though. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> you said ninety percent of the time, your ten percent is iconic. So but that's, that's the same thing for business, right? Like, you mm -hmm. know, if we if we flash forward, like I, I wanted to become a filmmaker, I didn't end up becoming a filmmaker. Um, but now I'm in in, in a video, uh, in a media based like mm -hmm. environment, um, and I'm constantly pitching. So like we like my company let there be we um specialize in creating video content for pharmaceutical brands and it's not it's like 95 percent rejection and like you have to get used to that right like um and and you just have to keep pushing like we we send out i don't know in the beginning like how many hundreds of emails and calls yeah. and like yeah. you know it, it's it's constant rejection and i think you know if you really believe in your product and you think that you have a good product like you just have to push through that. And, and I think a lot of people can't, Yeah, you know, or, yeah. or they give up too soon. Um, and, and it, and it, I, I'm fortunate that I, I had that backbone of like constant rejection, you mm. know, and especially as a kid, like I'm going to be in a TV show. And then like, that's tough though. Like as a kid for me, every time I get rejected for me, you're rejected you suck failure is like i never saw it as an opportunity for growth up until later on so mm -hmm. i think it's worth for people to see too like failure is an opportunity for growth and not the end of the road right oh yeah and it, and it builds it yeah. failure builds character mm -hmm. right like how we how we react to adversity builds our character uh definitely like as as a as a business person now like half of what like you know we we've we've gained a lot of success like i i have to say that um, you know, we're in our eighth year of being a company and congratulations, uh, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. And we're, we're at a point where people are approaching us to, to create and it's, and you know, um, 
you know, I, I'm going to be like freaking proud about it, but like, I'm, <laughs> I'm working with pretty, like pretty big brands. Like, you know, we're working with like Advil and, and, and like our biggest client is Pfizer. So we're doing multiple brands and like, wow. we get to like, I like, I get to oversee um, like launches for, for, for products worldwide, you know? So um, uh, that's, that's, that's a, a fun, fun aspect of it. So. <laughs> so <laughs> with that said, then what, what would be your definition for success? What is that to you? Success, not working on vacation. <laughs> and i haven't had a vacation yet where i'm not working um (laughs) honestly like what is success right like as long as like my family is happy as long as you know we're we're safe and and we were i'm able to provide opportunities i don't know (laughs) i don't know no it's good man you know what i mean like i i think we could focus so much on what, what success is, but it's like, yeah, happiness is success. There you, you go, know? yeah. Fulfillment is success, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing at the end of the day that you did your best, that's success. Yeah, just live your life, right? Right, right. Yeah, uh, yo, dude, thanks for sharing all of that. Uh, before moving on to the next segment, Ashari, Eric, do you guys have any closing thoughts? I... I, I had like a bunch of questions. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it short. Sorry. Uh, okay, wait. I'm gonna get rid of that one question. So I have a comment and two very serious questions. So the comment is what I gather of everything that you've told us is that you're in the business of creating happiness. Is what it seems <laughs> like. You know, everything you do from the food to when you were acting to um, you know the, the the work that you're doing now and and providing for your family and making sure that the people around you are happy. So that's, that's my comment that I wanted to share with you. My two very serious questions. Uh, when all this is said and done, you're going to invite us over for a meal. hundred percent. Cool. Let's do it. Oh my God. This guy. And two, if, if I find a, a picture of Arthur, I'm totally going to ask you to sign it. <laughs> sure. oh, I just wanted to add uh, you mentioned about the welcoming spirit at the beginning I feel that through your energy I just want to let you know yeah, I feel that. Oh, awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm really inspired and really impressed by your whole experience and you know just by like your trip to Tacloban um, uh, you facing adversities like growing up in acting and um and just your thoughts on food, I thought that was like remarkable. Like I, I like felt that when you were speaking. Um, and all that to say, um, what is your favorite uh, meal to cook for your family? Oh, like mm-hmm. Filipino yeah, food or any, any. <laughs> so like, if you come to my house and you which go to we my will, house, yeah, you, you, you <laughs> get yeah, totally you know, invited. I have established have... that. <laughs> I actually have uh, um, uh, a smoker, like a, a, a really big smoker <laughs> that I that's constantly on, and I'm like always like making like smoked meat or whatever, <laughs> um, uh, and a pizza oven. So what? you have yeah. what? Wow. Okay, that's I cool. A, I have a fire pizza oh oven in the microwave. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. <laughs> so like we're kind con- like yeah, I, I love making pizza, um, <laughs> and like using things from the garden too, and then I love anything with the smoker so um 
don't know. Do you- Apparently, I make really good ribs, like dry Memphis style ribs. Oof. Mm, do, do, okay. do you do the whole uh, with the pizza, like throwing it up in the air type of thing? No, or? it's all I have. I have like I just roll it <laughs> oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I just roll it out. It's nothing, nothing special. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know. I, I don't tough know. one, eh? For food, yeah. Like if you told me Filipino food, I'd be like crispy pasta, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, <laughs> Like anything pork and deep fried is, 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 is like the best thing. Um, but yeah, food, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. What? That's I'm just like, I'm already trying to question. imagine those ribs. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah, me too. When you said ribs, I was <laughs> Have I made them for your brother? I don't know. Now I got to ask him. And now I got to follow, you. uh, I I follow your account and I got to stalk you now. So. <laughs> I made him some, uh, some, some, some bread. <laughs> I think <laughs> maybe that's where I recognize the, uh, the handle from, <laughs> yeah. yo, honestly, thanks for all that. Uh, no we're going to move on to a segment called fastball questions. So basically sure. at the sound of the bell or buzzer, um, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Just, just say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Sure. When you're ready, Shari. Okay. Ready, set. Celebrity crush. Escalba. Go-to karaoke song. Uh, oh. Oh, no. no. <laughs> uh, yo, man, we always do Disney. Aladdin. A whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite spot in Montreal. Uh, man, like, I don't know. Well, we're, we're constantly in St. Henry. So there's a park right in front of, uh, what's that park in front of Arthur's? We're always there. There. It's all good. <laughs> 30 seconds. Filipi- name a Filipino dish that starts with the first letter of your first name. Pinakbit. Nice. First Tagalog word that comes to mind. Mahal. Greatest of all time. Jordan. Langonisa <laughs> or Tocino? 10 seconds. You said Longanisa. Okay. Yeah. Favorite, like sorry. Favorite old school jam. No giddy. No diggity. <laughs> What's on your Netflix right now? What am I watching right now? Uh, Kingdom. Kingdom. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, the, you just missed it. The last question was spell your last name backwards. Did we give them? Did we give them a try? <laughs> yeah, let them try. I it. say yes. Can yeah. you? <laughs> the the whoa. <laughs> 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 I think only one word. O L A N E P. Yo, I think you nailed it. Yo, good job. I'm I'm not sure if that's right, but it's uh, yeah, it's right. I'm glad I'm glad you didn't cheat because it's also showing on your. Uh, yeah, no, I was, I was reading it. <laughs> no, yeah, no actually, it's all, I can't talk. Oh, you can't it's see it there right okay. now. Okay, oh, I good. gotta move my mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, no diggity. Also, one of my favorite old school classics. So big ups to that. Yeah. Um, before closing out the show, is there anybody or an organization you want to give a shout out to? Oh, huh? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. I'll say hi to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice, sweetheart. <laughs> her name is well. It's funny because her name is Philana. P H I L A N A. So. Oh wow. <laughs> uh i don't know organization so many too much love to give right too much yeah, love yeah, to give. anyway <laughs> yo man thanks so much for uh, Thank 
today. We look forward to, uh, to coming over and enjoying your meal at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm kind of like, let's, let's turn this into a video series. Let's definitely do that. <laughs> let's, uh, on behalf of Filipinos in Montreal, thanks to everyone today. And we out.